This week we're hearing from Erin O'Hara, another one of our closer leaders and teachers, and she's going to be teaching on Joshua chapter 4. As Christians, we know we are called to be disciples who make disciples that live and love like Jesus. But what does that mean? Is it a program, a path, or a script? Is it a focus on study, or a focus on connection? Or do we focus on outreach and service? Discipleship can seem overwhelming if you don't know where you are going. Closer Look's mission is to not only define the destination and the path, but to also give you the training and tools to navigate the way. Join us for our bi-weekly series where we'll talk about leading a group, developing a teaching, and being a good disciple maker. Learn to grow closer to God and to others through a closer look at discipleship. Hello, Closer Ladies. I'm Erin O'Hara, and I can't wait to celebrate with you this week. We have just studied and walked through an amazing miracle with the Israelites as they have crossed the Jordan River. Obediently and courageously putting one foot in front of the other, they have relied on the power of Jehovah God. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate that. Can you smile right now? Can you think back on a joyful time and celebrate in your heart? How about a time where God brought you out of a particularly difficult place? We are encouraged by our God to celebrate and remember. The road you are walking may feel overwhelming and difficult, but the road you walk in your mind and in your heart can give you the hope to keep your feet walking in the right direction. Today, we are going to learn together how God teaches us to celebrate in order to remember and to choose to remember in order order that we can celebrate in any circumstance. Let me pray. Father God, we just invite you into this time. I ask that you would take over my mouth and the words that I'm going to say. Let them be all you and none of me. Father, you are the amazing God. You are the powerful God. You are the restoring and redeeming God. Thank you for using us and allowing us to be part of your story. God, uh, may you make yourself great here uh, in this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Chapter 4 of Joshua shares the outcome of obedience. We see our Israelites have crossed through the middle um, of a dry ground Jordan. It's a miracle. The end of chapter 3, verse 17, tells us that as the priest stood with the Ark of the Covenant, the waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap a great distance away. All Israel crossed on dry ground until all the nation had finished crossing. As we dive into chapter 4, we see God commands a memorial celebration in order to teach the people the importance of what had just happened. We see God outline our challenge to celebrate and remember. There are three different people groups affected here. One, we see this challenge as family-driven. While the priests continued to stand in the river, 12 men were instructed to go and each one carry a large stone out to where they would be making camp. God says in verse 6, Let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, saying, What do those stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, The waters were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial forever. 
One person from each tribe carried a stone on their shoulder. Each tribe was challenged to pass this story down to their children. Not just one person or one tribe, but each tribe. This was very important. It was very family-driven and generationally driven. We hop later to in this chapter, verse 20, um, where God is talking about those 12 stones being set up in Gilgal. And he says again, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, what are these stones? Then you shall inform your children saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on, gr- on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you, just like the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea. God wants families to share and pass down their faith to their children. This was also individually driven, this challenge. And, and we see in verse 9, Joshua sets up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests of the feet who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. We don't see the command of God to Joshua specifically for this action, but Joshua thought it important uh, to him to set this memorial up to God. We also see that the challenge is for the future generations to come and and people surrounding, not just in the family of Israel. Uh, The last verse of this chapter says that all the earth may know the hand of the Lord is mighty so that you fear the Lord your God forever. So we celebrate and we remember for our families, for ourselves, and for those yet to come, those who we might not even know, those people all in the world. Why build a memorial? The Hebrew word for memorial is to remember. You know, we are a forgetful people. I often get a bit impatient and discouraged reading about the Israelites who got to go through an amazing Red Sea experience, and then they quickly forget about the greatness of God. Come on, people. (sighs) But then I look at my own life, and I too, I'm quick to forget. I'm quick to fear. I'm very quick to criticize, to complain, and to be discouraged. I need to remember too. This is not the first time we hear about a memorial or a place to remember and to celebrate God's goodness. The first instance is with Jacob in in chapter well in Genesis chapter 20, 28 after he had received a dream uh, and a word from the Lord uh, as he was sleeping. He woke up and he took the stone that he had slept on and he built it into an altar at Bethel to remember what God had promised to him and to the future generations of Israel. We also see several times in scripture where altars are built and places are named in order to create memories or memorials and points of reflection. Let's jump back to that story we read in in week two, Exodus 17, where Moses stood on top of a mountain while the Israelites fought the Amalekites in the desert. As long as Moses' arms stayed raised, Joshua and the Israelites were winning the battle. Do you remember when Hur and Aaron came to hold Moses' arms up? They were courageous helpers, and because of their faithfulness, Israel won the battle. Again, we see people just like us called to do something a little bit crazy, a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit scary sometimes, so that God can get the glory. It was definitely God's plan and design for Israel to win, but he asked Moses, Aaron, and Hur to do their part too. 
In Exodus 17, right after that, in verse 14, we see God give this challenge of remembrance and celebration. He asks Moses to write down what happened so that it will be remembered. And then Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is My Banner. We see a written memorial here and a physical memorial. Both of these point to the power of God. We build memorials to celebrate and to bring glory to God. But who are they for? Let's go back to those three people groups we looked at in chapter four. Family driven. The memorials we build are for our children and the generations to come. Why? 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 These are questions our kids ask us, right? Why, 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 why? Why do we have symbols? Why do you wear that ring? Why are we going to this particular place? Why, do the, why does that gravestone say that thing on it? Why do you write in a journal? Why do you put that post on Facebook? Why do you have that picture framed? These can be markers for our children to ask why and to remind us to point to the faithfulness of God in our lives. You know, we have a choice with everything that we do. The posts we make, the pictures we have, the jewelry we wear, um, all different things that we have. We do have a choice and they can point to ourselves and our pain. They can point to our happiness. Uh, They can point to a specific celebration we want to do. But they also, we have the choice to point to God in those things. To use um, specific things where we can point to the goodness of God in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 6 commands parents to teach and pass down our faith all day long, to take all kinds of teaching opportunities for the whys that our kids have. Those of you who are parents and grandparents, I encourage you uh, to look at the memorials that you have in your life and to share those with your kids. You know, these are also individually driven. And for the person making it, like Joshua, when he created that pile of stones, he personally declared God's faithfulness to him. I believe every time he came to the Jordan or even thought about the Jordan, it would be a remembrance uh, and a celebration. You know, I initially read this and thought, how nice. Joshua put a pile of stones in a riverbed that no one would ever see but him. I do that too sometimes. I make memorials no one ever sees. There are places I walk that I I have um, stones set in my mind and I remember those and they're very quiet. And that's okay too. Sometimes we need those memorials for ourselves. However, I dug a little deeper into this and the commentary I read shared that the stones Joshua used were probably even bigger than the ones carried on the shoulders of the tribal men. This pile of rocks would have been seen or noticed when the waters rushed back, possibly causing a sort of dam or rock outcrop that would cause boats to have to veer around it in order to not be damaged in the future. Whoa, that's a totally different thought. I think Joshua wanted the world to know that God forever changed him at this point in the river. Those waters would never be able to do the exact same thing at that point in the river. We all have been changed by trials in our lives, but do we celebrate and remember the work of our God so that when those fears, when those trials, when those waters come back, we are the ones forever changed? Can other people see a difference in our lives after those trials? Can they ask, why are you different? Why are you different? Is it based on what God has done? 
Take time to celebrate, mark a victory, and remember so you won't be the same. Finally, these memorials are future-driven. They're for the world to see. I loved meeting Rahab in chapter 2. Rahab saw and she heard and she believed. Because of the news and the celebration of the Red Sea crossing, the nation of Israel's defeat at Amalek, all of the things that had been brought as news items or songs or, or rituals or things that had come across into Jericho before the people came, these things Rahab saw and heard and learned, and she wanted to be part of it. She wanted to know the God of the Israelites. She believed in the God of the Israelites, and she joined the God of the Israelites because they celebrated different things that happened, and the news of those celebrations traveled to her. So how do we build memorials today? You know, we can journal, we can blog, we can post. Um, There's a, a Gaelic Scottish word, Cairn. It's spelled C-A-I-R-N. And the definition of that is a mound of rough stones built as a memorial or landmark, typically on the hilltop. It's a man-made pile of stones. I have a dear friend who has a journal labeled Cairns on it. And in that journal, uh, he writes things down. Whenever God does something big in his life, or he wants to remember an answered prayer, a miracle or provision, he writes it in his Cairn journal. And it's there and he shares it with his family. I love that picture of a place where, where it is written down so that he can go back and he can remember and celebrate. We have physical memorials, symbols that we wear or put on our body, physical stones or items that mean something special to us. I want to share about a specific celebration and memorial in my own life. Nine years ago, while we were on a vacation, my five-year-old son Isaac was bitten by a shark. He was rushed to the hospital and where he underwent an hour plus of surgery and over a hundred stitches. We spent the night in the hospital, and after he learned to use crutches and got clearance from the doctor, we went back to our condo for the the remaining week of our vacation. It was a rushing river kind of week. We had so many people praying for him all over the world. He was such a brave kid. Our family loves the beach. Uh, However, most of the rest of that week, none of us would get in the water. The fear was too great the trauma, and just the memories of what had happened. However, at the end of the week, my dad and I decided we would not let this fear beat our love for the beach. So we waited in and we rested in the Lord. On the final morning of our trip, I took a walk by myself. I reflected on the week, on God's provision, on God's protection in the water that day, on God's mighty hand of power. As I walked, I picked up seashells and rocks. And at the end of the beach, I fell to my knees and built a memorial, praising God for saving my son. I praised him for all the people who helped. I praised him that even though that shark bit my son, it didn't damage any bones, any tendons, or any muscles. I built that memorial for myself to celebrate and to remember my God. The next year, Isaac was the first one in the water, wearing a t-shirt that said, Defeat Your Shark. We had a great week at the beach, but always in the back of our minds, we remembered. 
At the end of that week, I gathered with my husband and my kids, and together we built another memorial. And thank God yet again for his protection on that week, his hand, his power. We remembered what he had done the year before, and we celebrated our God and his faithfulness. Fast forward. We do this every year we go now. We know those piles of shells don't last. They aren't there to bring visual reminders to anyone to ask why. But our kids have asked why we do this. Every year, um, we do it with them and we pray and we honor the Lord. This year, we invited my brother and his family and my parents also to participate at the end of our beach week. We stood around in a circle holding our seashells and thanking God again for his faithfulness, for his goodness, for his provision. And I'm sharing this with you now. The memorial is reaching out past me as an, inv- as an individual, past my family, and to all people surrounding, future people that I didn't even know it would affect. My God is awesome. He is powerful and he is a protector and he has done good things. In summary, our memorials can be our words and our testimony. Revelation says in, in uh, Revelation twelve eleven it says, they have conquered the accuser by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Celebrate and remember my friends. I know it can be intimidating to tell your story to others, but what if you started by just sharing one stone, your remember and celebrate story? Point people to God's goodness. Point them to his character. Point them to his faithfulness and love in your life. Maybe it was your saving story. Maybe it was a healing story. Maybe you need to tell this story to yourself first to write it down, to speak it out loud, to go back and remember what God has done for you. Maybe it needs to be shared again in your home. Tell your children, your family members, how God saved you, how he provided for you, how he has healed you and your children. Tell this to your families. Tell this to your friends. Again, we all need reminders of God's goodness. Maybe God is calling you to take this to the world. You know, the world needs good news of God's work. Speak it, write it, share it, post it, remember, celebrate. I want to end with an amazing psalm, Psalm 66. I'm just going to pull out a couple scriptures from it. But ladies, can I tell you, every time I read God's word, I learn something new. And I see how it all fits together. I am reading through the psalms and I am so encouraged to see how... David and the writers of the Psalms celebrate and remember years upon years upon years ago of the Lord's faithfulness, even in the stories we're learning about now. Psalm 66 verses 5 and 6 says, Come see the works of God, who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed the river on foot. Therefore, let us rejoice in him. He also says in 66, he who keeps us in life and doesn't allow our feet to slip. We went through fire. We went through water. Yet you brought us into a place of abundance. The final verse 16, come and hear all who fear God. And I will tell you what he has done for my soul. Closer ladies, let's celebrate together. Let's remember together. I love you all. Have a great week.